So this story happened a long time ago in a country far, far away. But it's not the story of Shrek. In this story, the blue team, they own the country where this story is. The, the blue team really, in a way, are the goodies, okay? So three cheers for the blue team. I've got bad news for the yellow team. Because you guys would really like to live in this country. And you guys have come to try and take over their blue team's country. So, you, so here's what we're going to do, okay? When I say the goodies, I want you to all hold your blue sheets in the air. And I want you guys to shake your fists at them. Like that. Can you do that? And when I say the baddies, I want you to hold your yellow sheets right up in the air and for you guys at the top two voices to go, Okay, this is, there's a bit of tension in the air already, isn't there? This team find life very hard because this team would love to have their country. And do you know what this team, make this team do? Every time they buy or sell something, this team make them pay extra money that goes into their pocket. That's not very nice, is it? Taxes, that's called. Ask your mum and dad about taxes when you get home. So this team, they're becoming very rich. This team are sadly becoming very poor. The goodies... They don't, they don't like the baddies. And the baddies, they don't like the goodies. But there's one man in the blue team. This is the good team. And he's done something very, 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 very bad. Where is he? Oh, here he is. Stand up. What do we do when we hear the bottle of baddies? <laughs> it's a bit slow, eh? Do you know what this man's been doing? He's been collecting all the money from his friends and giving it to the baddies. Can you believe that? I think he deserves a bigger boo than the baddies do. Let's hear the boo for the baddies. Ooh. Let's hear a boo for the biggest baddie who's really on the goody team. What do you think all the people in this team thought of him? What do you think they thought of him? Do you think they were happy with him? They thought he was a goodie with them. And he's taken their money and given it to the baddies. Do you know, every time he had a party at his house, this team were thinking, that's my money he's spending. Every time he went on holiday, that man there, right there, they were thinking, that's my money he's spending. And do you know what they did? They didn't talk to him. They didn't like him. And I, I'm going to, let's just send him away, shall we? we'll send him away to sit over there in the corner 
Does he deserve that? Does he? Do you know what he's got now? He's got lots of money. Is he happy? He's got no friends. He's, very, he's got lots of money but no friends. And he's, he's become a baddie, hasn't he? Zacchaeus was a bad man. And nobody liked him. A little thought for the grown-ups. When Luke, who wrote this story down in his Gospel, just before this story, tells two others to make two different points. One is that Jesus loves broken, vulnerable people. The other thing... Luke tells us is that it's really hard for people who have a lot of money to follow Jesus and it's no accident that the story of Zacchaeus comes after that because he's actually both he's a double whammy broken and vulnerable and got loads of money and there he is with his sack of money feeling sad the town where this all happens is a town called Jericho and one day Jesus comes to Jericho And Zacchaeus, Luke doesn't tell us why, was curious. And he's got two problems, Zacchaeus. I don't know, when Louise read to us, the first problem Zacchaeus had was that he was very little. And he couldn't see over the tops of people who were taller than him. The second problem, that's why he's on his knees. The second problem Zacchaeus had was that nobody liked him. So even when he wanted to see Jesus, if he came to the crowd, people would be elbowing him in the ribs, standing on his toes, whispering behind his back. So do you know what Zacchaeus did? When Jesus came to the town, Luke tells us, he ran down the road on his knees, quick as he could, because he's really small, and he found a sycamore tree, which is a bit like an oak tree. We've got a tree in this garden. And Zacchaeus ran to that tree and he climbed up the tree and hid in the branches up the tree. He couldn't climb the tree on his knees, so we let him off for that. He left his pot of money at the bottom. And he climbed right up into the branch of the tree where no one could see him. I hope he's insured. And when he got to the top of the tree, he hid in the branches and waited for Jesus to come past. Can you still see Zacchaeus? You hope he can get down again? <laughs> Is it? Are you alright out there, Zacchaeus? He's alright. No, here's what happened next. Jesus comes down the road with a massive crowd following him. Jericho was quite a big city. There's lots of people following Jesus. Zacchaeus is safe up that tree. He's not going to fall out at all. He's not. He isn't. Who do you think out of all the people in the town of Jericho, who do you think Jesus, on this one day, wanted to see more than any other? 
Do you think it was the mayor? Well, I'll tell you what happened. As Jesus is walking down the road, he comes to this very tree and he looks right up into the tree and he says, Hey, Zacchaeus, come down. I'm coming to your house for tea today, mate. And as quick as a flash, he didn't have a ladder as well, we just did that because there were no branches at the bottom. As quick as a flash, let's give Zacchaeus a round of applause, shall we? Now, what do you think all the people in the crowd thought of Jesus talking to Zacchaeus and not only talking to him but inviting him to go to his house what has he got in his bag all their money what do you think the people thought give us a clue put your thumbs up or your thumbs down if you think the people were pleased or happy with Jesus going to Zacchaeus' house yeah of all the people he could have gone for tea at he goes to the local tax cartel's headquarters. What's that all about? Luke tells us in his gospel that the people were grumbling and whining and murmuring. Does Jesus not know that this man is a traitor? He's a selfish, greedy man who's robbed us of our money and given it to the enemy and Jesus wants to have tea with him. Luke tells us that Zacchaeus came down that tree full of joy. In one day, he moved from being a greedy, miserable man to being a generous and happy man. Well, let Zacchaeus go and sit down now. And you, you children can sit down now. Let me, um, what's the point of Luke including this story in his gospel? I just want to say two very quick things and then we're going to sing one closing song and then we're done. I think the reason Luke tells this story is, is obvious really. And, it, and it's this, the Lord Jesus is always seeking for outsiders to make them insiders. I think that's the main reason Luke includes this story. In fact, what Louise read to us, Luke summarises the whole story by saying at the end, the Son of Man, that's Jesus, came to seek and to save what was lost. The whole point of Jesus' mission is for him to seek people who are lost. There's many people in this world who think that they don't need Jesus. There are lots of people too who know that they do need Jesus but think that if Jesus knew them, he wouldn't want them. Jesus went through that whole town looking for Zacchaeus and even though he seemed like the least religious 
the least pious, the least good, he was the one who was most hungry for the new life that Christ could give him. I want to say to all of you today, some of you are visitors, some of you have come a long way. Our church here in Rotherham is not a museum for people who are sorted. It's not a museum for people who think that they're better than other people. A better way of describing our church would be that it's a lifeboat station for people who need rescuing. It's an A&E department for people who are hurting. Christianity is not a moral test to pass that some people can and some people can't. It is the offer of salvation to people who need it. The Bible actually is full of people that God changed. Who are the converted according to the biblical record? Abraham was a liar. Jacob was a cheat. King David was an adulterer. Rahab was a prostitute. Peter was a coward. Nicodemus was a proud religious leader. Paul persecuted Christians. We could go on. Jesus said in that story, today salvation has come to this house, Zacchaeus' house. The little man had become a big man. Acceptance by God had given the tax collector what he had vainly sought through the accumulation of wealth, satisfaction. His compulsive drive to make money was gone. He no longer needed his wealth in the same way. And instead of his passion to get, he now had a passion to give. He climbed the tree, the littlest man in Jericho, and came down the biggest man in Jericho. All because of Jesus. When Zacchaeus got home, he gave half his wealth away to the poor. And he said, if I've cheated anyone, I'll pay, come and see me, I'll pay you back four times what I've robbed from you. He was a changed man. So that's the first thing. Jesus makes outsiders insiders. The second thing, this is the last thing. I want to ask this question as well. Read the story when you get home. Who is seeking who in this story? That's a good question. Zacchaeus was curious. He ran down the road. He wanted to see Jesus. He climbed the tree. He was seeking Jesus. And yet, Jesus comes down the road, looks up into the tree and says, Zacchaeus, I'm coming to your house today, mate. So as Zacchaeus was seeking Jesus, somehow, somehow, Jesus was seeking Zacchaeus. And this tree, well, not this particular tree, this tree was the place where their two desires converged. I don't know if someone put a plaque on it. This tree was the place where Zacchaeus' life and Jesus' life collided on that day. I want to say to the grown-ups, sometimes, you know, God is seeking us, speaking to us in our curiosity, in our yearning for satisfaction. Sometimes even in our struggles, he is the one who stirs our hearts to seek him. And all the while, actually, he is the one seeking us. It is God who makes us hungry. It's God who causes the search. It is he who compels us to come. You'll know the writer C.S. Lewis, who wrote the Narnia stories. 
he became a Christian later in his life. In his biography, he talks about this. Jesus tells the story of the king who invited people to come to a party and no one came. They all gave excuses. And the king said to his servants, go into the highways and byways and find all the wastes and strays you can and compel them to come in. C.S. Lewis said this, the words compel them to come in have been so abused by wicked men that we shudder at them. But properly understood, those words plumb the depths of God's mercy. The hardness of God is kinder than the softness of man and his compulsion is our freedom. Maybe, maybe this day is your tree. Maybe inside you're thinking, I wish I could find the satisfaction I'm longing for. I wish I could understand it. Maybe the yearning in your heart has been awakened like Zacchaeus's was. And you're seeking. Can I suggest to you that maybe in that yearning, maybe God is seeking you. Another writer said these words, I'll close with this. Is God seeking you? If so, you may know it by an interior unease. Nothing satisfies. And that goes for the most privileged delights. You are never really comfortable anymore. You lack wholeness. You lack a clear conscience. You lack peace. But understand this. The hardness of God is kinder than the softness of man. And his compulsion is our freedom. Christ is seeking you. And if that is so, you are at the sycamore fig tree and he's saying, come down. I want to dine with you. I want your soul. I have sought you. I am seeking you. You might say, I'm too small. If you knew my heart, you wouldn't invite me. And Jesus says, I will give you a new heart. A big heart. Come to me. The question is, will you come?